Good morning, planet Earth. It's almost 1 a.m. Mountain Standard Time here in Utah. It is March the 1st, 2022. Do you know where you were two years ago? Right after you had that nasty cold, but they told you it was the Rona. They told you if you had a cough, you needed to go on a ventilator, remember? Now you need the horse dewormer. Now you need to live in permanent fear from the monkey herpes. Rona. Yeah. Two years ago is when a lot of this fucking stupid madness began. And I see that a lot of people want to settle on, well, Dan, you know, Hanlon's razor and the devil's theory of baseball fields and... You know, the trolley. Shut the fuck up. If you believe any of this was an accident at this point, or that you think you know the truth, you're probably deeply confused. And the refrain of, well, we're heading back to normal. Can't you see the movies are coming out? They got the Batman. We're heading back to normal. You know, brothers and sisters, a very crooked normal world gave birth to the shit that just happened. A very crooked, normal world led to that nightmare. So when you say things like, we're heading back to normal, I don't really know what the fuck that means. I don't think I'm ever going to see anybody I used to know, anyone I used to respect, who wore a mask, maybe one, maybe two, as normal. I understand you did what you had to do. If you got the shot, I understand. If you got the shot and you didn't get sick, great. If you got the shot and you got sick, I don't know what to tell you. If you think the easiest way to poison the human race is by jabbing them with a metal needle, you are confused. I have people I trust who've told me they got the shot and they got sick. So I'm going to take their word for it. I've had a few people tell me that. And then I've had other people tell me, well, they got the shot and they were fine. And I'm not really sure what the truth is. I know the people telling me they got sick are telling me the truth. I trust them, okay? But I still don't know what this means. I don't. I don't. I, I can tell you what I would have told you two years ago and a year ago. In fact, I think I did. It's either poison or placebo. If it's placebo, you don't need it. If it's poison, you don't want it. Okay, there was no chance in hell that there was any vaccine for a make-believe bullshit. There wasn't. There never was going to be. But please tell me once again what the fuck you mean by going back to normal. What does that look like? I can tell you something really strange. I am starting a business with a friend of mine. And I call it strange because it is, it is optimistic. It is forward-looking. You know, a year ago... When I was staring out into the Seattle darkness, the only thought I had was, is this where I end up? 
You know, amongst crazy motherfuckers, amongst slaves and madmen, do I die like some old scrungo freak somewhere in the darkness alone? And you know what? I was okay with that. I was prepared for it. What I wasn't prepared for is what happened next. I wasn't prepared for a strange person to reach out to me from, yeah, not quite across the country, but from the middle of fucking nowhere. I wasn't prepared for anybody to throw me a life preserver. I mean, I had friends, but all my friends were in the same boat as me, and the boat was sinking. I wasn't prepared to even consider the possibility that I would, I would actually either make it through this thing, and I don't mean in terms of getting sick from make-believe viruses. That's not it at all. I mean the madness that is the real thing, the crazy. And I don't think it's accidental crazy. I'm not saying there isn't some responsibility you know, to be held. We'll talk about that later in this podcast, but I wasn't really prepared for the possibility that I would make it through this. And yet here we are two years later, brothers and sisters. Yeah, I know I've lost a few listeners along the way by mocking the virus. And I'll reiterate, I don't know what the fuck is going on in China right now. I don't know one motherfucker I know personally who does. A lot of people will read an article or see a news, you know, news piece on CNN and say, Oh, I know what's happening. They got the virus still. No, you got to take those fucking glasses off, buddy. You don't know what's going on in China, and neither do I. But if I were to ask the simple question, where has China, in the last 200 years, spent most of its time, politically speaking, the answer is chaos. So what is going on in China right now could very well be the opposite of what we're being told, or at least orthogonal to it, but definitely not what we're being told. That's where I'm at with the going back to normal. And as far as the Ukraine bullshit goes, you know, you want to feed that thing, keep talking about it like it's a thing. I'm not saying the Russians didn't invade the Ukraine, but just like China, I have no good source of evidence on any of it. I do know that it creates chaos and noise. I do know it keeps people confused. And I do know that the Rona, as a psyop, is wearing out. So you gotta come up with something, right? But here I am in March of 2022 starting a business, uh, radengineering.tech. And yeah, we don't have a lot of money, but we have dreams. And we don't have a lot of you know huge wealthy allies, but we do have friends. And there are people out there, you know, shout out to our friend in Michigan, shout out to our friend in St. Louis, shout out to our friends in Seattle and other places like Florida. We've got friends out there and we are beginning the process of, you know, building out a technology, not something we created or invented, but kind of like something we found, you know, in a way, something we found and we said to ourselves, this could be used for something else. You know, and whatever code I end up writing in the next few weeks to 
make it easier for people to use what we found, we didn't really create it. We found it and we said to ourselves, this is useful. This can help people. You know, having the ability to communicate with friends and family when a lot of other systems might be in failure is useful. Even if it's just a small text message, even if it's just, you know, 50 words, 50 words could save somebody's life in a situation where they don't have a phone that works, where they don't have an internet that works. And so, yeah, this is something that we're excited about. And the best part is it is just the beginning. If we can get this company off the ground, I believe we're going to have many products and services that people will want to buy. But in March of 2020, I couldn't have imagined myself saying this. I really couldn't have. Um, in March of 2020, I, I was, like many people, observing the human race tilting towards crazy and wondering what the hell is going on. And I'm still wondering. You know, the thing about the business we're starting is it's meant to be connected to, to a couple different worlds. The world we're in right now and the world we're heading towards. And the world we want to head towards. You know, for most of my adult life, people have given to a few overlords the power to determine what our future will be. To the point that for the last couple decades, you had guys like Ray Kurzweil telling us all in the year 2040, whatever, Bob Limtok, we're all going to have nanites in our bloodstream and live forever. We were told exactly what we were going to have for a future. It wasn't a choice. It wasn't an option. You didn't get the fucking vote. They just want to shove it down your fucking throats. The kind of technology that I want to work on is the opposite. It is the kind of technology that will allow people to take back their freedom. I don't want to work on a better way to blow people up. I am not interested in a more sophisticated prison. There are plenty of scumbags working on those problems right now. But I wouldn't mind, in that figurative sense, coming up, a way, coming up with one or more ways for people to break out of the prison, to defend themselves against tyranny. If you want to know what we're doing and why we're starting with the RAD terminal, that is why. It is why we're beginning to experiment with client-side encryption strategies. It is why we're telling people to be careful about how they use their fucking computers. Because we want you to do something that is kind of impossible. We want you to take back your life. And guess what? We're not magical people. This isn't a fucking cult. This is a business idea, a business proposition, and a couple of people that don't want to give up on the human race in March of 2022. So I had, this week we've had a couple people contact us for some of our first orders, and we had another one today. And I don't want to give out too many details because that's people's private business, but this is what I will say. It is nerve-wracking when you realize that there's a chance you could be successful. I don't know how to tune out all the PSYOP bullshit, neither do you, but this little tiny bit of light that has been showing through has been more important than any few bucks I have, any few beers I have, any weed I can get from Colorado. It has been better than all the things I've been able to do other than when I'm able, you know, prayer. I mean, other than Jesus, this is the only other light shining through right now. And Jesus is enough. 
But this is life in the world, folks. And one of the things that I think Jesus wanted us to do if you're a Christian is to try to not give up. Even if you're a dark soul like me, Jesus still loves you. But Jesus wants you to remember, even as a dark soul, even as a person that sees the clouds and not the sunlight all the time, you need to stick around if you can. We should try to stick around as long as we can and not give up. So we had an order today and it was nerve-wracking to me. Not in a bad way, but I got to tell you, it was nerve-wracking. And I thought to myself, you know, grifters and con artists, and we have a lot of them out there, especially in technology, grifters and con artists don't shed one fucking tear for the money they steal. They don't. They don't get nervous about, you know, taking money from a customer. They don't get nervous about pitching an idea. They don't really see any difference between a person trying to start a business and providing value to a customer versus a person that basically creates a shell corporation to steal from people. A grifter doesn't know the difference. A grifter doesn't get nervous when they take people's money. Okay, they don't. Um, business people that care about their customers do, especially when they're starting out. I mean, we got a customer today, and it's one of those customers where if we do well, it could really, really turn out well. And if we screw up, it might not be the worst thing in the world, but it definitely won't help. And so, yeah, I had a moment of trepidation where I said to myself, are you sure, Dan, that you can do this? And then I remembered something. There is nothing in this world we can't do until we know we can't do it. Nothing. Okay? I know that we have been living through decades of learned helplessness, of people constantly beating themselves up for some crime they never committed. Stop it. Stop it. Let it go. Let the monkey herpes go. Let the Russia fear-mongering go. Let the Trump trauma drama go. Let it all go. Live your life. The only way we're going to get through this and I don't mean in terms of staying alive, because if they want to kill us, I suppose they might still have enough tricks to try. But I mean in terms of our souls. The only way we get through this is by blocking out the evil, blocking out that shit that is trying to invade our souls every fucking day. You want to know why we're doing the rad terminal? Because we are so fucking tired of the information that the so-called internet's giving most people. We are. It could have been different. The internet could have been different, but it wasn't. And if someone tells you it's too late, let me rant on that for a second, because man, am I getting fucking tired of the people that say that you gave up your freedom so you can never get it back. You never had the power to give up your freedom. Ever. You never had the power to relinquish your responsibility ever. Believe me, Jesus will have that conversation with you when you die. You think you gave up your freedom because you gave up your guns? Let me tell you something. Throughout history, peasants have stolen guns. They have stolen swords. They have broken into armories and stolen cannon. Tell me again why you no longer have freedom. Because I'll tell you, you still do. It is an illusion. It is a lie. The whole thing is a lie. Social contract itself is the ultimate grift. Convincing people that somehow their freedom and their dignity and their privacy are the function of a third party. No, 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 no. They are in your hands, brothers and sisters. 
That's why we're doing the rad terminal. We don't know that something is impossible until we know for sure. We don't know that we can't do it until at least we try once, motherfucker. We don't know what we can't do until we know it. And if you want to know when it's over, it's really simple. It's over when you're dead. It's not that complicated. I don't mean eternal life. I'm not going to, you know, talk any further, at least in this podcast, about the explicitly, solely, um, you know, exclusively Christian point of view here. There are other points of view. But I think we can all agree, when it comes to the mud and the muck, the blood, the love, the lust, the money, the success, the failure, the jokes, the smiles, the pain... It isn't over until you're dead. So if you want to know, do you have another chance? The answer is yes. Do you want to know, are you free? You were always free. Just because you chose to be a slave at some point in your life doesn't mean you weren't free. You just chose to be a fucking slave. And there are people who say, well, Dan, what about people raised to be slaves? Well, this is true. Throughout history, humans have been domesticated, but throughout history, there is a story of one slave revolt after another. It's just not that easy to domesticate people, especially if you're a cruel motherfucker. That's where we're at in the game. Next topic. So I kind of alluded to this, but I've been thinking about the psyops in terms of wine and food. Because we're in the third year. You know, year one was about COVID and race war, race war and COVID, BLM Antifa, magical viruses, and and the Chinese did it, right? Two years ago, the Chinese did it. They did it because some dude wrote a sci-fi book back in the 80s, so it must be true. If he talked about China, it must be true, right? Yeah, for 2020, it was the monkey herpes COVID race war nightmare. And then it ended with the Trump trauma drama and one six in 2021. And sure, the race war and the COVID continued. It's a lot like tag team professional wrestling. You know, when a psyop gets long in the tooth, you got to bring in the BLM Antifa freaks, right? Yeah, so in 2022, you added in the never-ending Trump trauma drama, I mean, in 2021. And the funny thing is, Trump's no longer president, so it's weird. It's weird the degree to which Trump is being emphasized as a boogeyman, given that he is no longer in office. It's strange. It's weird. It's obsessive. But it's very much a powerful psyop. Trump has been a walking, talking mindfuck ever since he began running for office. If you think there's anything real about Trump in the year 2022, I'm going to say it. There are consequences and there are things that are going to happen to people who believe nonsense 
And I'm sorry, I can't, if I got to shed tear for innocent people being vaporized by American or Russian or German bombs, if I got to save my tears for people who are actual fucking victims, I am not going to shed a tear for a person on the Death Star who's had every fucking explanation about how evil the fucking Death Star is. But, you know, now it's like, oh shit, Dan, you, you know what? It's 2022, motherfucker. If you still think Trump is legit... Fuck. Okay? I'm going to say this. And, and listen, Trump is bullshit. The virus is bullshit. Whatever the fuck is going on in the Ukraine or China or anywhere else on the planet, to include Australia, people like us don't really know. And if you think you can trust the media, you're confused. You can't. I know you're going to say it's always been like that. Well, probably. But I think they've taken it up a notch in the last couple decades since 9-11. And yeah, it, it's a level of deceit that can only be compared to the Soviet Union, really. You know, if you, re if you read Pravda or Izvestia back in the early 80s, they would have stories about why the meat ain't there or why the potatoes ain't there. And it would always be about, you know, capitalist saboteurs and some type of other made-up bullshit. And I read these stories about, oh, we got, a, we got a logistical issue. Holy fuck, we can't unload the fucking containers. And if you translate it to Russian and you send it backwards in time, it would look like the same bullshit that the Soviet people were exposed to. That's how I see this. You don't know why they can't get the containers off the ships. You don't know why the supply chain is pixelating, and neither do I. You know, a friend of mine mentioned today that cat food, I think, got more expensive, and he didn't understand how cat food could get more expensive. But then I thought for a moment, you know... Like with copper and silver mining these days, there are many, many uh, manufacturing processes in this neo-Stalinist hellhole that involve derivatives and, and things that slide off the plate. And one of those things are pet food. So, for example, if you're not actually currently slaughtering a lot of fish, a lot of chicken, a lot of beef, then guess what? There's not a lot of new fucking pet food. Does that fucking confuse you? And if you're saying, well, where's the, where's the beef? Well... What if the real story isn't the Alex Jones, FEMA camp bullshit? What if the real story isn't the Obama administration bought bazillions of rounds of 40 cal? What if the real story is for about a decade they've been stockpiling food? And, and again, the food I see is food you could store for 10 years. I, believe me, you could do it, okay? The food I have seen at the supermarket could be based on components that have been in storage for a decade or five years or a couple of years. And they're probably feeding you the freshest shit first, not because it's a smart way to do it, but it's a way to keep you, you know, more confused. But one thing that would pop out in this whole neo-Stalinist strategy is pet food would get more expensive because like I said, pet food is something that falls off the assembly line. If you're not producing new food, Specifically, if you're not slaughtering new animals, you're not making pet food. Is that fucking confusing? Probably for a lot of people. Welcome to the neo-Stalinist hellhole. But God damn it, give up the fucking Trump bullshit. If you have rented out your mind to Donald Trump for more than five minutes today, or yesterday rather, or today also, but whatever, you failed. Stop it. Next topic. 
So we've got a trucker convoy, a trucker convoy heading to D.C. Chris Christofferson, is he still alive? I think he is. Maybe. Yes, Chris Christofferson, the old duck. He's in his truck heading, you know. Chris Christopherson. You ever see that movie Convoy? It's a great film. You're watching it right now. One of Sam Peckinpah's greats was Convoy. I love Sam Peckinpah. I've talked about him before, but in terms of Hollywood history, I would reckon that Sam Peckinpah is probably one of the most interesting directors and creative artists in Hollywood history since World War II. And a lot of folks, um, to include... To include to include people like Tarantino, a lot of folks ended up cribbing off of, you know, Peckinpah to some extent. I'd say that there were many people who learned a lot from his work. There's a film he made, and I think it was called Iron Cross, but there was a film he made about the Eastern Front during World War II. And it's got to be one of the best films dealing with the conflict between the Germans and the Russians I'd ever seen. If you've never seen, I think it's called Iron Cross or Iron Cross's Sam Peckinpah, Now's a good time, actually, um, because you might have a sense of what we would be getting into if we decided to have a nice little war with Russia, which I just don't see happening, folks. Okay? I don't. I can understand the Ukraine thing as being a psyop, but I don't see it happening. Needless to say, we've got truckers heading to D.C., I don't know how much of these revolts are real. You know, like the Proud Boy stuff. I remember back in the summer of 2020, there were all these stories about how the Hell's Angels were coming to Chapchaws. But what I saw at Chapchaws were, you know, if you got there at the right time in the morning, that's when the robots are asleep. Um, it, it was a lot like Westworld. Chapchaws was a lot like that TV series Westworld. You know, the robots were asleep, and what you saw were the city councilmen and firemen and cops and other people who were setting up for that day's shoot because there's nothing real about it. Whatever you were told about Chapchaws, I can tell you with my own fucking eyes and my own fucking camera and the videos are still available until they shut me down on this fucking website, but I can tell you whatever you were told is bullshit. I don't care if it was Andy No Clue or, you know, Ian Miles Wrong. You were fed a bunch of fucking nonsense. BLM Antifa, 100% managed. Now, does that mean that every little freak that went to Chap Chaws was a paid freak? No. The thing about these types of ops is they always involve the useful idiots. They always involve the, the, the schmoes, the schmucks that think it's real. So when you look at the trucker thing, you say to yourself, well, Dan, I know a guy who got into his truck and he's heading for D.C. I can tell you one thing about this trucker bullshit. It becomes another logistical excuse, just like the Ukraine bullshit, just like almost every fucking story in the last fucking couple years. It is an excuse for global austerity. It is an excuse for controlling supply chains. It is an excuse for shutting down 
for the most part, statistically speaking, international travel by people who just don't want to be doing it. That doesn't mean people aren't traveling. I have a brother in South America. I hope he makes it home safely before the dollar collapses, I, I would say. But yeah, I, ha I know people are still traveling. I don't know that many, really. I don't know anybody you know, other than my brother can, that can really afford it right now. But I know people still doing it. They'll put on their fucking mask and go through TSA and have their junk grabbed and have their kids abused by government workers and get on a fucking plane. I know people that will still be slaves. I know those people. They're still out there. I have some links to some articles you can read if you want to read about the trucker revolt, but I'm going to talk through a scenario, and it's not a very happy one, but a friend of mine, co-worker, the CTO of uh, radengineering.tech, we were talking today, and he'd mentioned something about how, you know, it looked like the kind of thing designed to create another kind of crisis, and it does, folks. It, it looks like a literal, figurative kind of, you know, train wreck. And it's like the BLM Antifa train wreck. It's just a different kind of train wreck. If you're still being manipulated by this Marxist bullshit, you need to think on it. You know? Thesis, antithesis, synthesis. And if you think they stopped doing this, well, I Biden won, so they shut down the Antifa. No, 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 no. These psyops get turned off temporarily until whatever the fuck they're hiding happens. The trucker thing's another kind of fucking psyop, except for Biden's president. So you gotta have the truckers, right? It wouldn't make a lot of sense if the commies went to D.C. Because everybody knows the commies are in his side, right? Are you reading the narrative correctly? Are you currently consumed by their bullshit? Some of you might be. I am telling you, I don't care how many truckers you fucking know, and I don't care how many truckers you know in the fucking convoy. The trucker convoy is as legit as the 1-6 bullshit. And I can tell you right now, I told people a year ago prior to 1-6, it was FBI, CIA bullshit. Don't go there. Don't participate. You're being pulled by the nose. And some people listened, and I, I suppose other people fucking didn't. Listen, this trucker bullshit's the same kind of nonsense, but this is where it gets interesting. Because like I said, I don't, I don't think there's going to be a war between Russia and the United States, but I need to explain why. And I talked about this in my previous podcast, but I, I think it bears discussion. I have a link to an article about, you know, and it's from 2018, I believe, so you can read the link about how Trump is going to deploy these new smaller nukes on submarines and shit and how it's got people stressed out. Yeah, if you read that story as if you're being told the truth, I suppose you could interpret it that way. When I saw this article, I said, oh shit. Once again, I'll tell you, okay, every single thermonuclear weapon contains an initiator atomic bomb, you know, a fission bomb. You can think of it like the bombs we dropped on 
Hiroshima and Nagasaki. These are bombs that utilize plutonium. They utilize a process called implosion. You implode the plutonium to critical mass. Slow neutrons cause a chain reaction. And now you're cooking with gas, okay? That's basically what happens, but that initiates a process in a hydrogen bomb. The next stage is for the tritium to be superheated. And again, there's more to it than this, but essentially that next stage is what creates the hydrogen bomb. That's why hydrogen bombs are considered, you know, multi-stage bombs. In fact, when you think about it, there are three stages to a hydrogen bomb. There is the conventional explosive that actually compresses the plutonium in the initiator. There is the initiator going off as a five to 10 or 15 kiloton device. And then there's the tritium. Now, the good news, I suppose, is that the C4, or the high explosive used for the implosion, well, lasts probably a long time, maybe 50, 60 years, who knows. And the plutonium itself has a half-life of a quarter of a million years, I think. Maybe it's, I think, closer to 50,000, but the point is, it's got a long half-life. I think it's a quarter of a million. And you can look it up yourself. It might just be 50,000 years. The tritium has a half-life, I think, of about five years or, or ten years, but it has a short half-life, and that's the problem. It means that if you want to have hydrogen bombs, you have to replace the tritium. The problem is tritium, you just don't go to fucking Walmart to get tritium. You don't. Sorry. You have to have specialized reactors and specialized processes and sometimes I think you can do this with heavy water, but the bottom line is there are processes you need to have to produce tritium. If you don't have these processes and you're not making tritium, it means eventually every single nuclear weapon in the United States arsenal ends up being reduced down to the type of weapon that this stupid article in 2018 says is so much the future and it scares people. Here's what scares the deep state. And here's why a nuclear war is highly problematic for the motherfuckers who run the United States right now. And it's also why probably it's not as simple as us versus them. It never was. I'm not sure what Putin is doing, but I find it hard to believe that any of these people are operating, you know, according to their own whims at this point. The, the monkey herpes was way too scripted at an international level to include the fucking Russians saying, we've got our own vaccine, and what'd they call it? Yeah, they called it Sputnik or something. Here's the deal. If the United States engages in a nuclear conflict, our enemies will quickly find out that we, ha we no longer have any hydrogen bombs. That's just a fact. We can have all the articles in the world that say we've gone to smaller nukes, and that sounds great. But what our enemy will realize very quickly is we have no thermonuclear weapons. We have no city killers. You know, the Nagasaki Hiroshima bombs were terrible. But you may not know this, there are still people living in towns and cities where those bombs went off. They were terrible, but they had a beginning and an end. Hydrogen bombs, thermonuclear weapons, if you believe what you're told, are an order of magnitude beyond uh, anything we dropped on Hiroshima or Nagasaki. Those bombs were under 20 kilotons. Um, your typical thermonuclear weapon that's used on cities these days is, is a tunable weapon, which means you can tune it up and down between 250 kilotons, I think, 
above and up to 1.5 megatons, at least if you have the fucking tritium. If you don't have the tritium, what you have is essentially a 5 to 15 kiloton weapon, depending upon the initiator. I think some of the initiators are as low yield as 5 kilotons which totally matches the bullshit article. Now, why am I emphasizing this? Because I'll tell you something. I could imagine some dumb motherfucker in the deep state at this point, for whatever dumb fucking reason, sticking one of those devices on a truck. Why not? Why not crack open one of the old spoiled eggs, pull out the initiator, stick it on a truck? It's just five, maybe 15 kilotons, which means you don't even take out all of DC. You just create another kind of wound, another kind of fear, another kind of terror. If, if in fact, the plan is to have a, a form of total control they've not yet achieved, and if, if I sound sarcastic, there's a reason, okay. I, I can't see how that's the case. They were able to rape and kill and murder and fuck and steal for thousands of years. And in our own country's history, at least since the Federal Reserve was founded. So why the fuck would they stop? I go back to that after two years and I say again, why would they stop? You know, none of my friends have an explanation for it. None of them do. They say, oh, well, it's a reset to what? They had all the power to do the fucking shit that they did to you for the last two fucking years. What the fuck power do they need? What are they missing? You see, if you want to know why I'm up at 1 a.m., if you want to know why I'm excited about this project I'm working on, but at the same time I find myself living in a, in a bizarro world because, because it's hard to be optimistic in this world right now, this is why. It's simple for me. It's not very complicated. Other than self-destruction, there is nothing in their madness that I see leading to anything useful for them. Like, when you try to pretend to be a scumbag, and I know well, I can't pretend. Well, you better learn to pretend, buddy, because they're fucking coming after you. Or they've been coming after you your whole fucking life. They've been feeding you cancer food since you were a boy or a girl. So if you don't want to think like them, fine. But... You know, don't complain about the tumors, buddy. So yeah, I try to think like them. And there is nothing in what they're doing that leads to more power. The, everything they're doing leads to less. Everything they're doing leads to their destruction. We are so ominously close to the coyote realizing that he or she is thousands of feet above the canyon floor. We are so close to that moment, it's not even funny. And I don't know from every day, day to day, how the system hangs together. I don't. I really don't. I can't see it. I think a lot of it is just the will of deluded folks who need it to keep going. There's nothing there. There is nothing inside of it. It is a rotten mess. If you were to say to yourself, well, Dan, what's the value of the stock market? What's the value of the U.S. economy? What's the value of the world economy? I'll give the same fucking answer today that I gave two fucking years ago. It's either zero or infinity, or actually could be less than zero, depending upon your perspective. Okay, If you're a Keynesian communist nutbag, it's infinite. There's no limit. You just print, 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 print. You just print money. You just hand out debt and credit cards and everything will be okay. So if you're one of these Keynesian commie fucks, you probably would think the value of the whole thing is infinite. Fine. And then there are people who see it 
more or less in almost correct terms, and they'd say, no, the value is zero. You know, assets equals owner's equity minus what? Liabilities. And if you put that equation together on top of planet Earth right now, uh, yeah, I would say the value could be zero. But I actually think the real value is negative. Okay? We're talking about a, a radioactive fucking dumpster fire. That was, that was left behind by scumbags. We're talking about nuclear waste from the hydrogen bomb test back in the 50s slowly leaking into the Pacific. We're talking about a nuclear arsenal that no one has any conceivable idea how to deal with if we ever do get rid of nukes. We're talking about literal fires burning underneath cities that are slowly eating their way to a radioactive waste dump from World War II. Thank you, St. Louis, right? And it's not St. Louis's fault. It was done to them. But hey, that's not zero. That's negative. There's so much toxic bullshit. Do you know our government tried to frack for natural gas multiple times during the 60s and 70s using tactical nuclear weapons? Did you know that? Okay, so when you say to yourself, what's the value of it all? Some will say, well, it's infinite, Dan, because I'm a Keynesian. And some will say it's zero because all this fucking debt. I tell you, it is negative. If we had the courage to take back our freedom today, we would be spending the next hundred years dealing with all kinds of happy, shiny Easter eggs that these motherfuckers left behind. So yeah, when I look at the trucker thing, to, to bring the tangent back home, when I look at the trucker thing, I don't know what to tell you. I can tell you this, though. There's not much you can do with these nukes, especially once they've gone bad. You can threaten the rest of the world, but the thing is, the Chinese and the Russians, they probably don't have a problem getting the tritium into their nukes. So yeah, what if I told you there's a good chance that the United States nuclear arsenal isn't even remotely as intimidating as as you've been led to believe or our enemies have been led to believe. And if this is true, then that means if you believe that Putin and Xi and China are actually independent actors, that means that they probably should first strike. Like, it's horrible. I don't want them to do it because that would be a shithead move. And eventually we all end up dying of cancer no matter who starts the war. But if, in fact, the United States arsenal is, is filled with essentially Hiroshima-style duds, then yes, we could launch a few and we would kill some people. But probably within the first 30 minutes, it would be over. It'd be done. We have no deterrence. This is the thing. And, and again, it's weird that I'm connecting this with the trucker bullshit. I know it's weird in my head, but this is the thing that people don't get. If this is true, our deterrence is gone. Let's say you believe in mutually assured destruction. Let's say you believe that. Now, that's great, but then look at the United States as an actor since the end of the Cold War. We have invaded multiple countries. We've stationed troops around the world. We have actually reversed our position on the right of first strike, which I think is connected to this. I think it's a good example of the bully pumping up their chest when in reality they don't have anything. Um, we've done a lot of wretched shit. So if I would, if, if China as an entity, specifically the government, the corrupt scumbags that run China, or Russia as an entity, specifically the corrupt scumbags that run Russia, if they were asking themselves, what is the calculus of nuclear war? Well, number one, I got to tell you right now, there is zero likelihood 
that they don't know what I, if in fact I'm right, they know it already. Let me just put it that way. If in fact I'm right and the United States nuclear arsenal is significantly reduced because we can't, we can no longer replace the tritium, and they, they know this. The Chinese know this. The Russians know this. It means it's done. It's over. Now, does that mean they're going to invade? No. Uh, I don't know why anybody invades the dumpster fire. At this point, the most likely rational move for every world power is to watch what unfolds. The Russians' best move is to watch what unfolds. It's why the invasion of the Ukraine looks like a bad move on the part of Putin. I'm not sure we'll see in the coming weeks. As I said a few weeks ago, if he decided to do this, he had to end it quickly, right? And so I think we're getting into the, the second week here pretty soon of this invasion. I think we're almost in week two. Once we're in week two of this invasion, then then the question is, is it going to end quickly or is it just another open wound? And maybe the most important question is, is it really fucking happening? I'm sorry, I know, but Dan, you can't just be like, yeah, I can after after two years of the monkey herpes, I can tell you straight up, I saw too much bullshit and not enough reality. I saw articles in, in quote-unquote prestigious journals describing events I could see with my own fucking eyes, and the events they were describing did not match reality. So I'm sorry. If I tell you that I think the Ukraine bullshit might be bullshit, there are legitimate fucking reasons. And when I say the trucker shit might be bullshit, there are legitimate fucking reasons that I have. And if the United States has a nuclear arsenal at this point that is mostly filled with duds, and if you believe that the Russians and the Chinese are independent actors, then yeah, it could get pretty bad. Especially if we have idiots in charge who decide to ratchet things up with the Russians. This is why I don't think it's going to happen. I mean, this is why I stick to it's just another PSYOP, buddy. Because... It would not be in our best interest at this point in American history to escalate with anyone. I don't care what bullshit you think you believe. We have a military that is burnt out after a couple decades of pointless, stupid wars. It is not a military ready to go. It is a military that needs repair. And that's if you believe in militaristic bullshit, which I don't any longer. But if you believe in that bullshit, our military is not ready for this conflict. We're not. We're not ready for it. Our government doesn't have any of the agility you would need. It's mostly lawyers and scumbags and parasites. They're not ready for it either. So I don't know. Next topic, right? So I was having a conversation with my friend and business partner today about what it means to be anonymous. Because, again, a lot of people throw around words like decentralized and private and encryption, but usually these are grifters and they don't really want to explain to you what the words mean. I believe the word anonymous is quite simple. It is to be in a situation where you cannot be identified. Pure, pure and simple. I don't care if you're in a crowd, if you're on the internet, if you're flying in a fucking plane. I don't care who you are. If you are anonymous... It means that nobody can identify you as specifically being you. You could be anyone. That's what it means to be anonymous. So if you're on the World Wide Web, can you be anonymous? Well, the simple answer is yes and no. You can, but you have to work hard at it. 
I'm working on a bulletin board system right now that's connected to the project we're doing, to these digital CB radios. And the thing about the bulletin board is it has no login page, it has no password, and you'd say, well, Dan, how, how, do, how does it work? It's really quite simple. It's a fucking bulletin board. You go to it, you post something. It's connected to your IP address. Your IP address can change. And guess what? Once it changes, whatever you posted, you can no longer delete. It's almost as if that portion of the bulletin board went to somebody else. It's just a bulletin board. And we have an encryption tool, a very basic one. It's a phase one tool. It is a tool designed to allow the user to not just encrypt messages for our site, but for anything, for you know, email, for you name it, for you know, you name it. And we started out with a symmetric encryption algorithm we found, you know, that was implemented in JavaScript. But that's not where we're stopping. We're looking at different strategies to include a JavaScript-based RSA. Now, why would you say, why JavaScript, Dan? Well, I'll tell you why. Because if you believe what you're told, the browser is a safe place for you to be doing these things because the browser is on this side, your side, the computer side of the internet. So if it happens in the browser, no one can sniff it out. Now, I'm of the opinion that all the CPUs are pretty much owned, so a lot of this on one level is pointless. But here's where it's not pointless. The more of us that use encryption means more people are bogged down trying to crack it. And if you're actually encrypting, encrypting stuff offline, like let's say you're using the RAD terminal and you're talking on CB. Well, I hate to break it to the NSA in the deep state, but one of the benefits of having a lower bandwidth is it does not make it easy or even feasible for them to do the wretched shit they can do with the internet. With the internet, there are ports on, their, on your computer that could be open periodically, closed periodically, unless you're scanning your computer all the time, you wouldn't know, that could be sending information God knows where. With the RAD terminal using CB bands at this point, that's just never gonna happen. Everything is transparent, everything will be obvious. So if you're using encryption plus the RAD terminal, they can get the encryption, they can get the ciphertext, excuse me, but unless they have a means of decrypting it, they're fucked. And you say, well, Dan, they got supercomputers and they can break AES-256 in a couple days. But can they for 50 million people? Can they if the whole country starts doing this? What happens when you have enough people? It's not even 50 million. I bet the number's closer to 1,000. If we had 1,000 Americans using RAD terminals within a few months, and utilizing some form of, encry of encryption, I think that would probably drive the NSA and the deep state fucking insane. And they would be spending all day long, because guess what? We're starting with AES-256. We're starting with a symmetric encryption algorithm. We're going to have a suite of these algorithms, and they will be available in the form of JavaScript, and you could simply go to the page, any page, at McDonald's, you know, go to the library. Guess what? You're not logging in. You're not using your email address. So whatever you do on our bulletin board, it gets associated to McDonald's or the library. You want to know what the word anonymous means? That's what it means. You go on Facebook. You go on Twitter. You're not just connected to the thing. You're not just being firehose-fed bullshit, you're being tracked. With our bulletin board system, if you use a little bit of, of sophistication, they can track the IP address all they want to, but they can't track you.
Better yet, they have no legal means of connecting you to whatever internet event they see. Because if you're at the library, if you're at McDonald's, if you're on the Wi-Fi at work, all they know is the IP address of that location. And that's all I know, too. That's all I want to fucking know. That's all I need as a programmer to allow you to post a message. If you say to me, well, Dan, my IP address changes, doesn't that change? No, it's, it's a bulletin board. If you think of it like a bulletin board, if you think of it like a public space, which it really is right now, then don't get obsessed around what IP address you're posting with. Post materials, okay? If you're able to delete them, you should. You should delete them. But post materials, use encryption, understand it's public. And understand that other than stuff connected to transparently... Uh, violent activities and abusive activities, other than things that would be obviously terrible, we're not going to be going around censoring people. And that's another reason why I put the encryption tool in there. You know, if I don't, if I am not responsible for your password, if I am not responsible for your encryption, that also means that there's nothing that they can do to me. They can't. They can't say to me, why don't you give me the keys? Well, guess what? I'm not Apple, motherfucker. I'm not taking anybody's fucking keys. We will never be doing that. So what the fuck do you want from me? You see, the beauty of this approach is you can have your privacy and, you know, you can have your anonymity and it just makes it harder for people in authority to do anything about it. Now, if you run a VPN and you use our bulletin board and you use encryption, then you have the ability to communicate with lots of people in lots of different ways um, and potentially conduct business. And at some point, and I haven't decided when, I'm going to give people a kind of deeper control over these messages, probably in the next month, in terms of being able to delete them later on. I had a feature like that developed a few weeks ago. It's a feature I'll probably turn back on. There's other features too, like burn after reading. I have that feature on the slate. It's just not built in yet. But when it is built in, it means you'll have an option when you create a note on our bulletin board. Once it's read by somebody, it's gone. It gets deleted. And, and I don't keep a copy of it. I don't have a log of it. I'm using Bluehost and they're cheap as fuck. So I don't think they're going to keep a copy. I mean, not unless the feds are paying them, right? What does it mean to be anonymous? If you think using crypto makes you anonymous, you are completely batshit crazy. Crypto, all the cryptos at this point in human history are so connected, so dependent, so easy to track that there is zero fucking anonymous about it. It is a tar baby. Once you get stuck to it, you're stuck to it, okay? Once it's on the blockchain, it is there, according to the blockchain theory, forever, all right? Forever ledger, buddy. So if you think using crypto makes you anonymous, I'm not going to tell you it's good or bad. I'm going to tell you straight up the one thing it doesn't do is make you private or anonymous. Sorry. But Dan, when you're on the radio waves, can't people hear they can hear? They can. And I would say that is a distinction without difference. When you're on the internet, you need to realize that every device you're using, including your computer, is owned. And it's not owned by you, okay? You don't control that CPU. That CPU gets certified by government agencies. It gets approved, and believe me, they get to etch 
whatever crooked shit they want to onto that chip before you ever buy that fucking computer or install your own special flavor of Linux. So, listen, if, you're, if your commentary is, well, Dan, they can listen to you. Yeah, they can. That creates more work for them. Here's the thing about you slaves using your smart devices and your computers the way you're told to use them. It's less work for them if you do. If you, if you decide to go outside the corral, if you decide to veer off the road the way you're supposed to drive, that's more fucking work for them. If you start using CB and ham radio to send digital messages, yeah, they can listen. And the more of us that do it, the harder it is for them. Probably why we're not going to get a lot of funding immediately, because what we're proposing initially is dangerous to power. We're proposing that people, number one, they never lost their power, and number two, they need to stop pretending that they fucking did. You still have it. You never lost it. You don't have to get it back. If you decide that you're going to give up your guns one day, guess what? The next day you can choose to take them back. It is your choice. You never had the power to not be a free human. You never did. You can LARP all you want to. If they tell you to get on a fucking train, you go the head, motherfucker. You get to the head of that train. But if you choose to do it, you're making a fucking choice. And if you make a bad choice, that too is your responsibility. And if you're waiting and hoping that some magical superhero is going to come and fucking save you, then yeah, it's not going to happen. Never going to. Never going to. You're never going to vote again to, to make yourself free. Next topic. Related, though. Related topic. Here's a quote from Dr. Freckles. No amount of voting makes evil men good. No amount of voting makes evil men good. Now, I know Dr. Freckles has said things like this before, but it's worth emphasizing, given that everyone's talking about midterm, midterm election, the midterm election is going to give you back your power. Bullshit. Okay? You don't have to be interested in any of the stuff we're working on, but please understand this. The voting is not going to help you. It isn't. It isn't going to feed your family. It isn't going to keep violent people from blowing your head off. It isn't going to keep your city from going straight to hell. No amount of voting is going to do that. You can vote all live long day, and it's not going to do that. Plus, it's not really connected to anything. If you actually thought, well, Dan, it's democracy. Well, we don't have a democracy. We have what we could only call a fake democracy. People call it a kleptocracy because of all the crooks, but... It really is a Potemkin democracy. It's nothing, there's nothing there, okay? You go into the booth, you, you click out a chat or push your fucking button. I haven't voted in years, so I don't give a fuck what you do. You fill out your pamphlet, it does nothing. You get all the drama of the Worldwide Wrestling Federation, and if that makes you feel better, oh, Rowdy Roddy Piper's up next, and he's fighting the, the evil Shaw. You know, if you want to get into the world wrestling aspect of it and you enjoy that, great. But that just means it's entertainment for you. It does nothing. It does zero. But the one thing you can be 100% fucking certain of is that even if voting worked in this country, even if your vote got counted, which it does not, and people that waste your time with this are wasting the precious time of your life you got left, even if it worked, 
it doesn't make scumbags better. It doesn't. In fact, all it does is make them smarter. They will find a different way to exploit you. So, well, we took care of this loophole. Don't worry. The scumbags will find another loophole. All you're really doing when you're voting is you're saying the current state of affairs is okay. I don't care. Republican, Democrat, Communist libertarian, they're all the same pretty much to me. But what you're really doing when you're voting is you're getting on your knees and you're praying to the state and you're saying to yourself, thank you, government. That's what you're doing. You're pretending that somehow if your guy won, everything would get better. How many fucking times do you have to go through that and be fucked before you realize that's bullshit? The answer is probably in, in, in most cases forever, right? Not really forever, until you die. Next topic. So people ask me, Dan, do you take care of your body? Do you take care of your body? Do you take care of your cholesterol? Do you take care of, you know, all your health issues? Do you take care to get a fucking physical, to see a doctor, to get a colonoscopy. Dan, do you take care of your body? Dan, do you make sure you eat vegetables that are green? And green because they're fresh and not because they're rotten. That's one of the questions they'll ask. They'll say, Dan, do you take care of yourself? Do you take care of your body? You know, did you get your colonoscopy? You're over 50. Aren't you supposed to have had one anal probe by now? I'm going to tell you a little fucking secret. And it is anecdotal, and it is not scientific. So if you want to tune out what I'm about to say, I understand. I got my last physical from the last doctor I trusted in 2013, a couple weeks after my, you know, getting dumped. Okay? And, yeah, that was nine years ago. And at the time, everything was fine. And since then... There have been a couple rough years. I would say that 2020 was a rough fucking year. I didn't think I'd make it through it without, you know, I didn't think I'd make it. I I wasn't afraid of viruses. I, I wasn't afraid of any of the bullshit I was told to be afraid of. But I was heading in a bad direction. Um, but no, I'm not getting a colonoscopy. I've been around healthcare enough from the business economic perspective to question a lot of things that people just don't question. They think, oh, the doctors and the hospitals, the hospitals are filled with healthcare heroes. They're not. They're not. Some of the shittiest fucking people you will ever fucking meet administer the hospitals in this country today. Let me repeat that. Shittiest 
sociopathic, nastiest fucking people you will ever meet run most of the hospitals in this country. If you want to know how they mind fucked you, that was one of their key pawns. And in terms of the game of chess of military psychological warfare, one of their chief pawns, rather more like a knight or a bishop or maybe a rook, were all these fucking hospital administrators. I could have told you before the monkey herpes that they were susceptible. They're shitheads. They're scum. Okay? They are money-grubbing bureaucrats. They don't give a fuck about you. And it was, but what about the doctors and nurses? Most of them give less of a fuck. You, you, should, you should go to a bar near Harborview. There's a couple bars. Vito's. Go to Vito's sometime near Harborview. Sit down and have a fucking drink. Ha open up a conversation with that doctor or that fucking nurse. But the key is you got to say you're a doctor too. You can't just say, oh, I thank you for cutting out. No, no, no. Don't pretend to be a patient or a friend of a patient. Pretend to be a doctor who's going to start out soon at Harborview. And then you'll find out the truth like I found out multiple occasions. Most of these surgeons and doctors are sociopathic pieces of shit. A lot of these nurses are just drug addict, drug addled nurse ratchets. And they couldn't give a fuck about you or your kid or your family. Are there one or two healthcare heroes? I don't know. There might have been. But they certainly got drowned out by the shitheads in the last couple of years, didn't they? So if they're out there, they're pretty fucking rare and or they have zero voice. And in either case, I say once again, fuck the hospital administrators. Okay, you want to know where the shitheads are that have all the bodies related to COVID? You want to crack the nut, Ian Miles wrong, Andy no clue, uh, Paul Joseph what the fuck is up? If you actually want to do the right thing, Alex Jones, the swear punked, the truth, the real truth is in the hospitals. And those hospital administrators, you grab one. You do. You grab one. You can find it out. That's all I'm going to say. But don't pretend that it's some deep fucking mystery. And don't tell me about taking care of my body. I, I probably eat some of the shittiest food. I probably drink some of the crappiest beer. I probably vape some of the nastiest weed. I probably do all the wrong things to my body. But about the only right thing I do is I don't go to the fucking hospital. I don't. Every time I think, do I want to go to the hospital for something, a little pain, a little sore? Every time I think, do I want to go to urgent care, see a doctor? I say to myself, Dan, 2020, 2021. I mean, before 2020, I was skeptical. I wouldn't go. After 2020, at this point, I feel like going to a hospital, you might as well just be, yeah, you know, like, like the old book, like Saul. In, in Soylent Green, you know, he heads to the quote-unquote hospital towards the end where they give him the Socrates drink and he gets to listen to music and watch videos until he croaks. That's what the hospital looks like to me these days. So am I taking care of myself? Well, yeah, I'm staying away from the fucking hospital. I'm staying away from the fucking doctors. I'm staying away from the fucking nurses. And I'm staying away from all the shitty pharma medicine. I may be doing everything else wrong, but at least I'm doing that. Next topic.
Next topic, because we're going through all these topics, baby, all of them. This is a long podcast, probably because of that. So here's an article that came out in BBC News, and I'm not going to read all the details. You can read the link, but here's the thing with respect to this article. Headline, Hackers Help Me Find My Lost Bitcoin Fortune. Oh, You can read this article. I, I don't give a shit if you do or you don't. But what you really need to understand from this stupid fucking article is the following. This article is celebrating something that is literally an electronic version of a Bastiat broken window. Okay, There is nothing good about any type of money that you lose it and then it takes a hacker to go find it. I don't care that it's worth more today. Oh my god, they're so rich now. Really? Rich off of what? Bullshit? And then you see those prices. I mean, I will say this about the Ukraine bullshit and all the trucker bullshit. It it helps keep the plates spinning. One of the core plates that's got to keep spinning is the crypto furnace. As long as the Fed is printing money, they need some sink. And I use the term sink in the context of topology or, or flow theory. But they need some sink, some hole some furnace that they can pour the excess money into. And if you're a commie Keynesian, the economy is infinitely valuable dipshit, then you're doing all the right things for the commie Keynesians. You're buying new servers, you're investing tons of money in something that is really just designed to destroy wealth. That's it. It is an Ouroboros financial mechanism. That is all that crypto is. I am sorry if you think it's more. And if you're making money off of crypto... I'm not going to say God bless you. At this point, fuck you. Fuck you. You're fucking other people. You might be making money off of it, but other people will get fucked. So fuck you, grifter. If you're selling the crypto schemes to people like it's about anonymity or privacy or freedom, fuck you. The crypto thing connects people to a system that is deeply corrupt. And if you're celebrating the story of a hacker restoring Bitcoin to people when it shouldn't have been a fucking issue in the first place, goddamn fuck you, Mr. and Mrs. Broken Window. You fuckhead. But please, I mean, believe me. If crypto is about anything, it's definitely about broken windows. Yeah, I, I'm beating up on crypto because at this point in human history, um, if you're wasting any time on crypto in any of its forms, you are lining up for some really huge disappointments. And if you're using it as a vehicle to fleece people, fully knowing how much bullshit's involved, you're just a scumbag. You're just a shithead. 
And let's talk about what hacker means, because you can read the works of Kevin Mitnick, and you can read the works of actual hackers, or you can watch a fucking Hollywood movie. Here's the deal. 90% or more of hacking is grifting. It's conning. It's tricking people. It's calling up the phone company and saying you're working on a PBX box. It is bullshitting people. So when I see an article that says hackers saved my life, you might as well replace the term hacker with grifter, motherfucker. And if you're going to say, well, I'm a white hat hacker. You know what? Here's the deal. The Internet's not safe. If no one told you this, it's not. It never was safe. It never was about freedom. If you're a hacker out there going on the internet and exploiting hacks to spy on people, you might as well be walking around neighborhoods, going up to people's fucking doors, and checking if they're unlocked. That's how much respect I have for Mr. and Mrs. Hacker. I don't care if you're white hat or black hat, okay? You are a creep in most cases. And if you tell me, oh, I'm doing it to help people... Prove it, motherfucker. It's been 10 fucking years since all those Snowden revelations. No, more than fucking 10 years. And it'll be, what, a decade and a half soon? Tell me how you change shit. Julian Assange, if he's still alive, he ain't getting out. Okay, Hillary ain't going to jail. None of the QAnon bullshit you guys promoted ever happened, mindfucker. Crypto is about broken windows. Next topic. Here is a pro tip, and we've been on this theme, but I'm going to emphasize it. You need to stop asking permission. Okay? If, if you're trying to take care of your family, and you're trying to feed your kids, you need to stop asking permission to do what you need to do. I am not telling you to violate the non-aggression principle. That is wrong. But the fact is, you live in a grifter society. And you end up getting paid by grifters and you end up taking the money you get paid by grifters to go to a grifter grocery store and pay too much for really terrible food. Okay? So the one thing we can all do in 2022, after two years of every government I can think of on planet Earth abdicating their legitimate authority by being a bunch of mindfuckers, the one thing we can do in 2022 is stop asking permission. Stop renting out your mind to their bullshit. You know what my friend and I are doing? We're starting a business. We're not going to ask permission. We're not going to meditate on what racial crimes we might be guilty of. And we don't give a fuck about any of the Keynesian commie bullshit. We're just going to go out and do stuff until we're dead. And we're going to try to succeed until we can't. And we will not be told something's impossible until we're absolutely certain it is. These are things we can do. We can stop asking permission. If you're a voter, you don't hear me. You don't understand what I'm saying. But if you are even remotely close to seeing your situation, the very first thing you can start doing, stop doing your tax returns. I know, I know, you get a child tax credit. Well, whatever, take your Death Star money. But if you don't get anything back from them, why are you fucking giving up your privacy to these motherfuckers? It is none of their fucking business how you make a living. It is. None of their fucking business. They don't have any business taking your money. They have less business knowing you how, how you fucking make your money. So you need to stop asking permission. That is step one. Okay? There is nothing there you need to ask permission from. The Lord is in heaven. 
The devil walks around on the earth and a lot of scumbags think they're one or the other. I'm telling you, they're just shitheads and grifters. I don't care if it's the IRS, the FBI, the DEA, shithead, grifter, parasites. Stop asking permission. Next topic. So I was reading a, um, yeah, I was reading an article that a friend of mine sent me. Um, it was from The Verge, and I got a link in the notes if you want to see it. I don't, it'll go down the mind hole because there's a particular phrase in it. I, I love the phrase. Oh my God. Okay, so at the end of this article, and again, it's in, it's in, it's, you know, it's in the notes, the link is in the notes. The title is Quantum Space Lunar Robotic Outpost, and it was published on The Verge on February the 3rd. And at the end of the article, it says the following. The space agency was eyeing its first human lunar landing in 2024. Isn't that good news? In 2024, humans will land on the moon. Yeah, you can say, oh, Dan, it's just a typo, or, or it's, it's, it's amphiboly. They didn't know what they were saying. Let me say this again. The space agency was eyeing its first human lunar landing in 2024. Oh, I, I'm so tired of the moon bullshit. I will say this, and I've said this before. If, if any of the moon bullshit is legit, we would have live cameras on the moon right now. There are plenty of people that would pay for it. If we're led to believe that the technology is all that, I mean, they keep telling us what they can do. They can magically send a robot to Jupiter. Why the fuck can't Google put a live fucking camera on the moon? Why? What, what is so difficult about that? They talk about going to fucking Mars. Oh, we're going to go to Mars next year. Where are the fucking cameras? Okay? It's photons between here and the moon. It's not that big a distance, okay? It's not a light year. It's a quarter of a million miles. And for photons, that's no big distance. They have been bouncing laser beams off of the moon, not off of reflectors. They don't need reflectors. It turns out the moon reflects pretty well if you have any fucking eyes. No, they've been bouncing lasers off the moon for a while now. So if, if the question is, could they put a, a, a probe or a drone or a camera up there? The answer is yes. And if you're to believe all their techno-utopian bullshit, it should be relatively cheap in the year 2022. So when I see a dumb article like this, and it has a badly worded sentence like this, I am going to poke fun. It's kind of like that NASA engineer that's, you know, I've got, a, I've got a recording of it myself. But it's like that NASA engineer about 10, 12, 13 years ago saying, you know, before we can go back to the moon, we have to figure out how to go through the Van Allen belts. And the problem is, if they'd, went, if they'd gone to the moon, like they told us back in the 60s and 70s, then they've already been through the Van Allen belts uh, at least a half a dozen times there and back, right?
we're finally going back to the we're finally going to the moon in 2024. I don't even want to spend too much time on this low rent bullshit. But like I said, you can believe whatever the fuck you want to believe about the moon. It seems to be one of the most useless things right now in terms of survival. Next topic, and I think I'm going to go through some of these and just kind of look at them and not talk about them. So one of the questions has come up, because I've been out of the Army since the late 90s, okay, since 99. So I don't know the state of the U.S. Army today. I know I've read over the last couple decades that a lot of the standards have changed. There's been, you know, some reduction in standards with respect to physical fitness and weight, so who knows? And people's argument would be, well, Dan, they're running out of troops, so they need to they need to loosen the standards. Okay, fine. But I remember in the late 90s, specifically one exercise where what we were training for wasn't ground combat against the Russians or ground combat against the Chinese. What we were training for in the late 90s was failed state scenarios. Governments in the state of collapse. And what do you do? How do you handle it? How do you handle an insurrection? It wasn't how we're going to have tanks fighting on the Great Plains against each other. It was how do you topple a government and then come in and take over? That's what we were training on in the late 90s. And so when you see the world post 9-11, understand that we were training for that world. We weren't training to have some massive ground campaign like fucking Patton. We were training to topple governments and then go in and take over. So let's get back to the fatties. And again, I'm overweight, so you can point the finger at me too. I don't give a fuck. I'm not in the army any longer. Let's talk about the fatties. The fatties and the weirdos and all the freaks that they're letting into the military now. It actually makes a lot of fucking sense, people. Because, okay, you may not know this, but... The, de- the Department of Defense has its own intelligence agency, and every service has its own intelligence service, okay? So the Army has military intelligence. Did you know that a lot of MI troops get used for civilian events? They get used for events involving security for, you know, dignitaries. They get used for observation. They get used for infiltration. Now, you look at those fuckers. I saw those fuckers up and down 12th Avenue in the summer of 2020. I saw them up close. I got a few videos to fucking prove that. They didn't look like random commies. They didn't look like, you know, random idiots from the university. A lot of them wore the clothes of the random idiots, but that's not how they behaved. They behaved like these soldiers would behave on a mission. On a mission to mindfuck the people of Seattle. So when you think about things like, well, why would they let overweight people into the army? Why would they loosen standards so that all kinds of weirdos can get in? And I don't give a fuck what kind of weirdo you are, but my best advice to you, weirdo or fatty, and I'm looking at myself, don't go in the fucking army. Don't go in the navy. Don't go in the fucking air force. If you ch- if you decide to do that, all my ire and ridicule is well fucking deserved, dumbass. But what I kind of think is the, one of the reasons why they relax these standards is so that the military intelligence services of every branch could have a nice big group of people that look like every other fat schmuck around. Listen, you can't put rangers in a BLM outfit and have them look anything else but a fucking ranger. You're not going to put hardcore force recon marines dressed up like Antifa at Chap Chas. It just ain't going to work. 
But you take the fatty Marines and the fatty Air Force and the fatty armies and you take the tattooed freakheads and, and they're all like good patriots, right? And you tell them we're doing a mind fuck. Well, that's not how they'd phrase it. But given that a lot of these people don't really have any spirituality and their souls are dead, they probably don't care. But you say we're doing a mind fuck and you fit the bill for the LARP. You fit it perfectly. We put a black t-shirt on you. We put some ill-fitting pants on you. Y yeah, it, it just seems like you were tailor-made to sit on your ass at the intersection of Union and 12th and, and pretend that you're doing anything other than, you know, military psychological warfare. You want to know why all the freaks were, wet in, were, were let in? That's why. It wasn't about social justice. It wasn't about making the world a better place. Believe me. Okay? I think they had a plan from the beginning, going back to the 90s, to deal with the collapse of the United States government. And if they wanted to deal with it effectively, they needed to manage any groups, any groups of people that might be out there opposed to their authority. And like I said, you're, you're really slick, hardcore in shape, 82nd Airborne soldier just ain't going to really cut it as a commie. You might put a few in there, but you got to have some fatties too, okay? To, for it to look real. And I'm not beating up. Like I said, I'm overweight. This isn't about being a freak. I'm a freak too, but I'm a freak who chose to leave the services. If you're a freak that chose to go in, there, there's only one reason why they want you. They want you, for the most part, so they can pretend, so they can LARP, so they can stick you into a crowd and you look like the other scumbags. But believe me, they don't give a fuck about you. And if somebody finds you and captures you and figures out you're a fed at the wrong time, at the wrong place, there will be nobody to save you. So if you're in the military today and you're being used this way, either Antifa, BLM, or the trucker fucking convoy, you need to wake the fuck up and get the fuck out of there, okay? And if they're saying, oh, but you can't disobey orders, listen, you're obeying an illegal order. You can disobey it. Now, that doesn't mean there won't be consequences, <laughs> and I don't think anybody who's doing this would listen to me, but even with consequences, you should do the right thing. Okay, I know the I know the military no longer emphasizes ethical behavior, but I'm telling you, you're better off, your soul is better off if you stop mind fucking your neighbors. So all the feds out there, all the fucking cops, all the fucking military that are participating in these psyops, you need to stop. You need to. I don't care that you're getting paid. You're getting paid great. You're getting your food rations for now. You go to the grocery store. They still got your eggs and your fucking cheese. You need to stop. All right? And if you don't care, then please listen. If you don't care, if you're just another sociopath like the people telling you to do this, you need to accept the day is coming and it's going to be a hard fucking day for you. They're going to figure you out. They're going to figure out who you are. Somebody will notice who you are. And when they know, there will be no trial. There will be no debate. You will end up dumped in a ditch someplace. And the Army and the Navy and the Air Force and the Marines couldn't give a fuck what happens to you. Of course you're not listening. And you're not listening still, right?
And if you're going to say, well, Dan, aren't you a patriot? Here's the deal, folks. I believed something really stupid when I was a young man. I believed I lived in a free country. I don't. I didn't. I believed in it. When I took the oath in 96, I actually took my oath seriously. There is not one motherfucker in the United States military today that could tell me if they took the oath with me at the same time, if they're a full bird colonel or a general or some other type of crusty old freak, there's not one motherfucker that could tell me that they kept their fucking oath. Okay? Not in this rotted, decaying, neo-Stalinist hellhole. Not with the last two years of the wretched Rona mindfuck. If you wore a uniform and you obeyed orders and you kept this thing going, you are not simply not a patriot. You are a coward and a scumbag. You should have resigned three months into this mindfuck. If you, if you decided that you needed your fucking, what, your retirement? Okay? You need your fucking monies after you're gone? You, you, think, that, you think they're going to keep those promises, fucker? You really do? You beat up on Russia, understand this. There was more than a few Red Army soldiers in the early 90s who fought the Nazis and lost everything. So if you think because you wore the uniform and shot somebody that your government's going to protect your, your pension, you're a fucking crazy person. They're not. So you got a choice to make. You can keep your fucking oath and be an actual patriot, which means basically resigning and, and you know trying to build a free society. That's what that would mean if this were a free country. Or you can obey the power. But the power is waning, brothers and sisters, and the ones left behind are going to be the ones left hanging. So even if you don't give a fuck about anything, if you simply give a fuck about your wretched fucking ass, you should resign. You should get out. Okay? You have no idea. You really don't have any idea the level of rage that is heading your way. And I don't mean the trucker bomb. I don't mean all the crazy motherfuckers in that LARP. That's bullshit. That's FBI, CIA bullshit. That's not what I'm talking about. The shit I'm talking about won't be on CNN, it won't be on Fox News, and it will track you down in the darkness of night, and no one will hear you scream, and no one will help you. And it won't ever be on NPR, or Fox News, or CNN. They'll never know. Those things will be gone. So if, I don't know how to put this, you might not be a patriot, probably aren't, if you're still wearing a uniform at this point. But if you are a rational agent of some sort, here's some good advice. Get the fuck out. Okay, resign your fucking commission and get the fuck out. There's some really simple fucking advice. Next topic. So, um, yeah... This project I'm working on with my friend, an issue that comes up is the concept of time, both in the context of communication, but also in the context of encryption. And specifically, when you're dealing with digital messaging over radio, there is this idea of syncing up time so you can decode them, okay? It's not a big deal. There are many strategies. The JSA call software we're working with has some built-in tools to sort of Kentucky windage your way to get your way to a point where you can decode, where you can sync up with the time of the station that's broadcasting. 
And, you know, a few weeks ago, I ended up talking to Jim about this in a podcast, and I pontificated a bit myself on the issue of things like daylight savings time. And from that perspective, it was like, daylight savings time, that's kind of a mind fuck, isn't it? Because when you track down the history of it, it's not about, you know, fucking farmers being able to use their land better or anything. Farmers did great for thousands of years before fucking daylight savings time. And it wasn't about the fucking, you know, it was basically about nonsense. If you ask me, if you really research daylight savings time, it was about to, it was about them seeing if they could do it. I mean, when you look at social distancing as bullshit, and it is bullshit, social distancing is one of the dumbest, least scientific things that people have glommed onto in recent years. But like social distancing, daylight savings time, people just picked it up and they assumed, well, the authorities telling us we have to do it, we have to spring forward, we got to fall back. You know, they're telling you you have to do it, right? So in these conversations about time, I was thinking about the situation we find ourselves in right now and all the wretched, bureaucratic, tyrannical bullshit going on. And I thought, imagine a kind of science fiction story about the near future. Some evil cabal takes over the world and implements the one known perfect time. Since this cabal originates in California, since this cabal originates in Los Angeles, Los Angeles time becomes world time. So in Los Angeles, California, in the near future, this evil cabal erects the perfect one special clock. And it's for the whole planet. The whole planet has one clock, one time, all of its Los Angeles time, which means that 6 a.m. in L.A. will kind of make sense. You know, you'll see the hookers and the crack whores when you wake up, and 6 a.m. will be fine. But 6 a.m. someplace else might be dark as fucking midnight. Morning at midnight, it's evil. A cabal took over and gave us just one kind of time, one special time for the whole planet, for the solar system. And that time is kept in L.A. Battles were fought for decades afterwards. Battles were fought with dogs and cats and rats and axes. Battles were fought with machine guns and shotguns. All over time. One special time. It's morning at midnight. The hero, Jingus Godfrey, a red-headed middle-aged fat man who could still wield an axe and some brain guy and brain some guy. <laughs> okay, next topic. So, I'm going to 
end this by walking you through a, a, a thought process because I, I think a lot of people are dealing with the COVID by settling on, well, Dan, the COVID might have been a little bit real and people went a little crazy and that's it. Okay. Or they'll say, oh, the government used the crazy, you know, mass formation psychosis, but they didn't cause it. They just used it fine. I want you to imagine something, brothers and sisters. Imagine I lived in a neighborhood someplace. I had a house. I had a house and a job. I don't know if I have a family or a wife, but I definitely have a house and a job in that neighborhood. And for whatever reason, you live in the same neighborhood, and for whatever reason, we get into conflicts over whatever, mowing the lawn or your dog pees on my lawn or whatever. I come up with some, some petty, stupid reason for not liking you. So I go online and I order a tiger. You see, I saw the show The Tiger King on Netflix and it gave me an idea. I ordered a tiger. I raised the tiger. And then one weekend when you're on vacation, I take this tiger that I haven't fed for two weeks in a cage and I release it via remote control into your basement after locking the door. And so when you get home, you know, Sunday night, you're out with your wife and your kids, you went to the wine country, you enjoyed yourselves, you went scuba diving and hang gliding, you had fun, but you get home and your kids open up the basement door because they're going to put stuff away. And that tiger that I had been raising for weeks and then didn't feed for a few weeks or whatever, you know, the tiger, it proceeds to eat your family. It eats your kids and your wife first. Now, listen, unless I'm really good at covering my tracks, the cops will figure this out and, and I'll get hauled in. But this is what I'll tell the cops and this is what I'll tell the judge. And it's the same fucked up nonsense I hear from most of you, whether it's about the fucking monkey herpes or 9-11. I'll say, the tiger did it. How could I have known a tiger would do it? Osama bin Laden did it. Sure, we funded him as a CIA agent for decades. Sure, we set him up as a straw man to be knocked down. Sure, the number of ties between the Bank of Criminals and Crooks International, BCCI, and our good friend Osama were quite extreme. But fuck you. Uh, the CIA didn't do it. It was the fucking tiger. People will tell me, Dan, you know, the government, it overreacted and it did stupid things, the social distancing, crazy. But it wasn't the government that did it. It was the magical monkey herpes. Okay? I would go to the judge and I would say, listen, judge, I didn't create the tiger. I didn't make tigers into a thing. That's God. God did that, you know, probably on the second day, whatever. The point is, I didn't make the tiger. I simply bought a tiger. I fed it. I couldn't feed it any longer. Somehow, and maybe it's something I had something to do with, you know, that tiger ended up in my neighbor's basement, but I didn't tell the tiger to eat the family. I didn't tell the tiger to kill the wife or the husband. The tiger did it. It was the monkey herpes, Dan. It was the COVID. We overreacted. Oh my God. 
Sure, we funded Osama bin Laden. Please ignore World Trade Center 7 that falls like, I don't know, seven hours after the first two. Ignore all kinds of interesting and critical facts. Ignore the, the reality that our government spent zero seconds investigating anything. It was Osama bin Laden. It was the tiger. It was the magical monkey herpes. No, no, no. I believe in God. You might not. But if you, do, if you believe in God, if you believe in Jesus, I'm going to tell you something straight up, motherfucker. And I'm not talking about the people that put on masks to buy food. I had to do that. I'm not talking about the motherfuckers who, who, you know, who felt like they had to take the vaccination. I did not take the vaccination, but I live almost like a fucking hobo. So that tells you what kind of life you live if you want to say, fuck you, vaccination. So I get it. I get why you did it. But you don't have to. You don't have to continue to misunderstand the responsibility of the whole thing. And if you're one of these motherfuckers that went around terrorizing people and yelling at people, and now you want me to say, oh, well, Dan, we just didn't know and we overreacted. The tiger did it. Fuck you. Jesus knows. Jesus knows exactly what you said. Jesus knows every fucking word you said. Every word, every person that listened to your nonsense and might have gone home that night and it was your nonsense that pushed them over the edge, every person that overdosed committed suicide that you could have helped, but instead you wore your fucking mask and you terrorized people? No, the tiger didn't do it, motherfucker. It wasn't Osama bin Laden and it wasn't robot Adolf Hitler. It was you. It was all of us. We can blame tigers all we want to, but the reality is we are the motherfuckers who are responsible for the last two fucking years. All of us. And we can choose to keep LARPing this thing that is actually killing people. The lies are killing people. The ruined businesses are killing people. But the actual monkey herpes, the actual tiger, and the actual Osama bin Laden are not the ones who did this to you. But by all means, vote, right? By all means, go deeper into Stockholm Syndrome, right? <sighs> Everything's going back to normal. Batman's coming out again. Boy, what did Nietzsche say about artistic structures that repeat themselves and how it's connected to decline? It's interesting. But there's a simple explanation that Nietzsche may or may not have explained. Governments, tyrannies can't afford you to think for yourself. They, they could at certain points in time, maybe, but towards the end, bad thinking, whether it's the Roman Empire, whether it's Nazi Germany or the Soviet Union, towards the end, listen, it can't be allowed. You can't be allowed to think beyond the scope of things. You have to believe it was the tiger. You have to believe the Osama bin Laden nonsense. You have to believe in the magical monkey herpes. Ignore all the obvious shit in the sky. Ignore all the obvious shit in the ocean going on. Ignore the shit going on around you. It was the fucking tiger that did it, right? That's what I'll tell the judge, man. Judge, I didn't kill Bill Gates. It was the tiger. Yeah. I didn't take out that pedophile. It was the tiger that I left in the pedo's home. 
And so you can hold the tiger accountable and put the tiger on trial. Did you know that there were trials of cats during the Middle Ages? Yes, cats were put on trial. And so, Judge, you know, if some weirdo like Torquemada in the ancient times, those medieval times, if Torquemada could put a cat on trial, then I think you can put a fucking tiger on trial. At least as accessory, right? You think this is going back to normal, and I say this, and and I feel like some people understand and some people don't. Normal gave birth to this nightmare. Normal allowed it to happen. There are a lot of broken lives. If you think the Ukraine thing is accidental, you don't understand. There are millions of angry people out there walking around. And I don't care if you're a back-the-blue moron or not. There aren't enough cops, fucker. So even if you believe in the cops and the good lawyers and the good judges, there aren't enough, okay? You got lots and lots of really angry people, and you don't have remotely enough bullets to deal with it at all. You see, me personally, that doesn't cause fear, because I didn't do this to them, okay? And believe me, The effort they put to crushing my presence on the World Wide Web has worked to my favor, fucker. Okay? Believe me. I've got stories, weird stories, gross stories, some of which you've heard about the Goat King, situations where I think, yeah, like a lot of people, there were forces at work to try to manipulate manipulate me, and I, luckily enough, figured a way out. But listen, I'm not worried. Okay? But if you're one of these fuckers, especially if you've got a social media presence and you've been terrorizing people for the last couple years and now you think you're going to get off on mass formation psychosis and horse dewormer, fuck you. I'm the most rational person you're going to hear today. When that day comes, like I said, it will be too late and there'll be no fucking cameras. And, and no one is going to feel sorry for you. And no one will feel pity. And here's why. In the darkness of night in 2020, when people were screaming out in the darkness about businesses being destroyed, lives being destroyed, people they know committing suicide, those will be the people standing in judgment on that day. And they won't be filled with compassion or peace because when they were screaming out, what were you doing? You were telling them to double mask. You were telling them to not go to the holidays to see family. What the fuck were you doing? I know what I was doing. It's a matter of record. What the fuck were you doing? See, that's the fucking question you got to ask, buddy, pal, male or female or whatnot. What the fuck were you doing? Because I got to tell you something. When it comes to PTSD and trauma, it has an interesting effect upon the brain. Certain memories get etched, and they're there for a long fucking time. Certainly still alive in 2022, probably through 2032. If you were one of these motherfuckers that participated in what can only be called random mass genocide through psychosis, who is going to be defending you other than the devil? And I don't know how to put this. The devil doesn't like you either. 
<laughs> yeah. Going back to normal. We're all going back to normal. If I sound angry, it's there's a really simple reason why. I am pissed off. And I am probably mostly pissed off at all these fuckers who are trying to cling on to the it was kind of real and we all kind of went crazy. No. And it was kind of an accident. No, it wasn't an accident. This was done on purpose. And you may not know the purpose yet and neither do I. It could just be the insanity that happens to leadership at the end of an empire. And if that's the case, good news. It means that pretty soon we're going to have a chance to be free again. But if it's worse than that, they're not going to tell you. That's why they've been doing the fucking psyops, motherfucker. Some of you almost better hope that it's a comet or it's a planet or it's some type of super volcano. Some of you should almost hope that it's a nuclear war with whatever duds they have left. Because we won't forget. I'm not going to forget. If you're out there listening and you know me personally, and you are one of those motherfuckers who spun the lies, I won't forget. Jesus will ask me to forgive, and fine, I can work on that. But I am not forgetting. And I am not trusting. And I won't ever for the rest of my life listen to one wretched, stupid fucking word you said. Ever. Whoever you are. You know who you are. One or two people out there who've listened to me over the years, they know who they are. And I am telling you straight up, I won't forget. Others won't forget. And when the day comes that you need help, I might not be in the mob trying to hang you. But if you think I'm going to fucking help you when in the darkness of night you had a cold heart, a stony heart, and you couldn't hear the screams of your neighbors, fuck you. Fuck you. This is not Eden. This is not the Millennial Kingdom, and this is sure as shit not heaven. So fuck you. <laughs>